Support for Cover Story comes from Billiards on Broadway in downtown Columbia, Missouri. Family-friendly and locally owned and managed, Billiards on Broadway features fresh-cut fries and 12 Missouri craft beers on tap. Billiards on Broadway in downtown Columbia. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan. It's my podcast where we take apart the song covers we love and take a deep dive into the stories behind them. I'm Stephanie Shanikan. I'm interested in uncovering the personal stories about how we connect with these great songs and what these songs mean to our lives. Ultimately, I get my guests to choose a version of the song they prefer, and I ask them to defend their choice. Today, I'm chatting with my very good friend and colleague, Dr. Brandon Boyd, who is actually, up to this point, the only professional musician I've had on this show. The song we'll be discussing is one of my ultimate favorites, actually one I had in mind when I first conceived of the idea behind the show. And that song? I will always love you. Many fans of the now iconic ballad know it from the soundtrack to the 1992 classic, The Bodyguard. Here's an interesting fact. Whitney Houston actually didn't want to do the song at first. It took her co-star, Kevin Costner, playing a version for her that ultimately convinced her. When it was released, the song achieved widespread acclaim and was an instant smash, topping Billboard's Hot 100 single sales chart for 14 weeks. The song was originally written and released by Dolly Parton, nearly 20 years earlier in 1974. She wrote it when she decided to leave the TV show she had worked on with her friend and mentor, Porter Wagoner. It achieved a moderate degree of success, topping the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart twice, once in 1974 and then again in 1982. Here's a little-known fact. Elvis Presley originally wanted to record the song, but Dolly Parton said no. She denied the request. So, which is the better version? We'll talk about it on this episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon. Here's the conversation. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. Um, And so what's the song that you ultimately chose? We chose um, I Will Always Love You, which a lot of people didn't realize Mm -hmm. that Dolly Parton was the composer. Mm -hmm. And so that even delves into another aspect that some people perform these works earlier. They're not the composers. They're they're, they're performers. They're the artists. Mm -hmm. But she's actually the composer of this piece and uh, this um, very popular song Mm -hmm. that we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes you know it from Dolly and sometimes you you know it from, well, we all kind of know it from Whitney Houston. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, contemporaries. And and so when I thought of options, one of the big things for me was I love to con- um, attribute the um, 
the compositional credits to the composers right. too. Very good. Because mm-hmm. people don't realize sometimes that there are other people who write these songs and other people who make them popular, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it's also great to know that that performer is a composer too, right. and exactly. a female composer. Exactly. Exactly. You know? A female American composer, mm-hmm. and it's Dolly, and Absolutely. we all love Dolly. We love right? Dolly. <laughs> we all of course, love we Dolly. do. I mean, do I love her name? Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I remember growing up and listening to a lot of Dolly Parton mm-hmm. all the way over in Nigeria, um, and I think I watched um, Hello Dolly mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. back in the day, and that reminded me of Dolly Parton as well. And then, of course, now we've we have so many other. Films and albums by Dolly Parton mm-hmm. that um, are very um, iconic. Very much so. But the reason why you're drawn to this cover is Whitney Houston. It is. It is. I so, mean, so t- talk to me about how you met this song. Where were you? How old were you? What, oh, age, what time in your life, Brandon? Okay, I walk in, uh, maybe fourth, fifth grade, and I walk in, and my grandmother's crying looking at the television. Oh, and she was watching The Bodyguard. Mm. And that was sort of like a very sentimental moment mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was sort of my very first, and I had to be nine or 10, mm-hmm. because I was in elementary school, because mm-hmm. I came home on the bus. So I knew I wasn't in middle school. Mm-hmm. I knew that for So sure. that moment when she's watching The Bodyguard, and of course, you and I have both watched that, I'm sure, that movie mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. There's something about that film mm-hmm. that um, the song seems to have been made for. Now that's what I right? said. That's now, exactly when when I'm... Dolly writes this song in nineteen seventy two mm-hmm. or nineteen seventy four, she's not um, thinking about the bodyguard. Right. No. She's just writing a song because she's leaving her collaborator Porter Wagner mm-hmm. after five years of working with him. Right. Um, and she just writes it's a tender song mm-hmm. about Leaving a friend, a friend, you know? a right. person that you you just you know that, and the great part about it is you know many of these songs that we hear like this or breakups or you know departures, are typically um, drowned in some type of sadness. Right. Or, I mean, could be some kind of domestic mm-hmm. dispute or mm-hmm. um, or you know just nasty. To you know? the left, to the left. That's you right. Know? Yes. <laughs> Take your stuff and get, get out. out. Right. <laughs> right. But no, this was different, mm-hmm. and you could hear that tenderness mm-hmm. in it. You know mm-hmm. that there was just a genuine about it. Yeah. Um, some people, it, without knowing some of that, could think maybe she's leaving the person she loved, her intimate partner. Right. It could fit that. Right. I mean, but it... it as you know, we know. As, right, yeah. Right, as we know. It, it fits because it's... The, yeah. It, it then finds its its spot in the bodyguard. Absolutely. Um, and so, so Dolly writes this in 1974. Um, it does very well. You know, she releases this on um, her Jolene album, mm-hmm. which we know that Jolene is a is a classic. Classic. It's a classic, and for some reason, um, Jolene, I think as a song, does much better than "I Will Always Love You." But "I Will Always Love You" also for Dolly did well on the country music mm-hmm. um, uh, charts. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. It did very well, um, and then we, you know, I. I know I listened to Jolene and um, Code of Many Colors mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, all these yeah. other Dolly classics. This one I didn't really pay attention to until The Bodyguard. Yeah. But I want to come back to Whitney because I think there is, like when you told me this is the song that you mm-hmm. wanted, I was not surprised mm-hmm. because you're, you're a singer, right? 
Yeah, he's giving me the look. Okay, but but you're a choral director. No one's director. ever accused me of being there. <laughs> okay, okay, but you're so so you know voice. I do. Yeah, you yeah. know voice. You direct voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the different parts of the textures yes. of voices. Yeah. So uh, before we even get to the way she does, I will always love you. I would love to hear you talk about Whitney as a singer. Her voice. Her product, the way she produces yeah. and interprets these songs that that she gets placed yeah. in herself, especially this one, because I think of, I, I understand I'm a I work in the world of publishing, music publishing. So there are things about it that make us go, oh, if we do that, there's some history that sales don't do so well. Mm. The idea that she started this particular piece a cappella. Yes. The I mean, instruments actually do not enter with her voice. So it's sort of a, mm-hmm. a thing I can understand that might people might, this might not do so well, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a cappella. But it's a cappella with this golden voice. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. And so I look at that introduction as this is just a taste of what's to come. Mm-hmm. And then she's in with instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And to couple her with the saxophone, you know, oh, you got Kirk Wheeler. I mean, you, right. you, you, come on. I mean, it's just these moments that we get all of these highs um, musically. It's that soul tradition that is just who she is. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the instrumentation, that's a correct correlation to you know what it is that she does from a vocal standpoint and what they do from an instrumental standpoint Mm -hmm. and then i the highlight to me is that direct modulation Mm -hmm. in the in the you know the third quadrant of this it's like a direct modulation and i can hear it like right now in Mm -hmm. my mind Mm -hmm. and you could hear the vibrato and, and the thing about vibrato, I learned what vibrato was from like my 11 year old cousin. We were like, she was in, we were in middle school and we were just watching a Whitney mm-hmm. show and she sang a note and her jaw was still. And then all of a sudden her jaw, she's like, my cousin just started laughing. Look at her jaw, look at her jaw, look at her jaw. But listen to the sound. Listen you can listen to what get, it's doing. Yes. yes. You can see it's, it's like, well, what we used mm-hmm. to, I don't know, you don't know the song, The Percolator, do you? Mm-mm. You gotta listen to it. <laughs> You're gonna write Anybody it down. under whatever twenty five would know, like, oh my God, yes, the percolator. So anyway, nonetheless, you'll see it and figure out what it is. But what I think about, even in the sound quality of trying to get a choir to come up with some color, is to feel that these vibrations are just tingling. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's a sensation that is mm-hmm. happening, and many times they don't just happen. You have to will it to be, and in her, it's just a natural ability mm-hmm. that she knows that I'm not gonna sit on a note. No, she never sits on a note. Never. Mm -mm. It always ascends. Mm -hmm. And as I teach choir, I often tell kids, you know, a crescendo to me or uh, anything that rises, I want it to take the airplane effect. I don't do rockets, okay? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just pop up in the Mm -hmm. air. Mm -hmm. No, because it takes certain people comfort, Mm -hmm. their comfort level to just let Mm -hmm. me appreciate it. Let it warm up. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, let it warm. Mm -hmm. And it's percolating. There we go. And so just like anything in a pot Mm -hmm. that is boiling. Mm -hmm. And she has this ability to do that on these just really beautiful notes. And I can't find a note that doesn't really sound well in her register. That's Mm -hmm. the part about it. Because she can do it up high. She can do it down low. I mean, I I would say maybe as she was getting towards the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. um, In this last, in that last album, 
album. Yeah. Um, I look to you, you yeah. know. That's, you could hear, yeah, yeah you could hear where this. Yeah, it's still, she still has it. Yeah. You know, the gold is still in her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, she's not able to manipulate it the no. way she used to in, no. in her prime. Yeah. So I'm going to take you back to the description of the voice as golden. Mm-hmm. What constitutes her golden voice? What What is it about the quality of the voice? And I know is a, this is a, a fair, this is an unfair question because... You know, they're just, sometimes it's just, it just is what it is. It is innate. It's just like, I don't know how to explain that. Right. But with her, I think what it is, is that her ear is trained so extremely well by the exposure from her mother, mm. being around all these fantastic artists. I mean, Dionne Warwick, all her of auntie. these. Her uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and her mm-hmm. mother, and her mother being a part of Aretha Franklin's band. I mean, you know, like yeah. all of these yeah. connections to hearing what soul really is, mm-hmm. with her already having this innate ability, mm-hmm. innate ability mm-hmm. to feel things. Mm-hmm. I think she just feels things and feels them. And then having another gift. I mean, she was just basically gifted. So when God decided to say, okay, we're going to have a little person named Whitney, I'm going to give her quite a few things here, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> For right. A mother, yeah. an aunt, a family, a supportive mother mm-hmm. and aunt. A, a community. Very, a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that, And then the church. Yes. And then the church being another community mm-hmm. in its own self. And then, you know, I'm going to just let her just dominate this mm-hmm. world, even movies. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to let her do this. Yeah. I'm going to let her be a solo artist. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her all of these experiences. And then I'm going to give her a search for love throughout mm-hmm. all of this. And through that, you get sort of the all of this mm-hmm. and, and 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 yes we'll say she was successful in a lot of these mm-hmm. places but there was also something that was missing yeah and you yeah. could tell that mm-hmm. because i could watch videos of her you know unfortunately the lifestyle decided mm-hmm. to take a turn Right, toll, major because toll. with with the blessing comes free will. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And in that free will, sometimes we're just not equipped in some of the other areas that we're so right. equipped in. Right. You know, you right. see people with so talented. Mm-hmm. So da 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 da. You mm-hmm. see so many things. I mean, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like, well, why can't they get that together? Well, mm-hmm. That's the area that's probably not worked as much. You know, right. that's the one that's right. overlooked because we're so interested in her abilities. And mm-hmm. Then you know. So the as we think about sort of the blessing of her voice, right? That she's given this, she's got the a deep history that she's connected to in terms of vocal quality, in terms of musicality. Um, but there's also a control that she has, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to any of those moments where she takes a note yep. and, and plays yep. with it, yep. right? You know that she could go all the way. Like yeah, absolutely. she could do a whole patty LaBelle. Yes, she could. Right? She could. Right, but she does not. Yeah. So, um, so that's a that's a skill. That's a skill. that's a skill. Mm-hmm. That's a skill where you know where too much. Because it's too a much. choice. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's a conscious choice of the what we call the gestalt, the whole. You have to decide: Am I going to give too much in the first? quarter? Am I going to Because I have it. I have it. And oh, I where, can. Where am I? You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and what am I going to do that somebody else cannot do? Mm-hmm. And that's what Whitney has. So um, when, when it came out, the New York Times wrote, Houston transforms a plaintive mm-hmm. country ballad into a towering pop gospel assertion of lasting devotion to a departing lover. Mm-hmm. Her voice breaking and tensing, she treats the song as a series of emotional bursts in a steady climb what a final full-out declamation. Along the way, her virtuosic gospel embellishments enhance the emotion and never seem merely ornamental, end of quote. 
Um, and I think that's a really your point yeah, it's a really beautiful way of thinking about what she does with the song, mm-hmm. right? So then this becomes a um, it sells millions of copies, Million. like tens of millions of of copies worldwide, and it becomes um, and she is then the best selling. It's the best selling single by a female artist of all time. So Brandon, that did not happen with. Dolly Parton's version of the song. So can we talk about why the pop gospel interpretation of I Will Always Love You appeals to people around the world and Dolly's version does not? Yes. Um, I'm going to be just transparent and go down my line of research, which is the, the real essence of the of folk music of our tradition, of the black tradition, mm-hmm. um, all the way back to the spiritual, having a message and many messages behind one. One song, one, one phrase. S- mm. One phrase could mean lots of different things. And that connection between you and an- another person are the only people who can decide what that means. Right. And I believe how that has just, of course, birthed itself in all the folk music of our tradition, blues mm-hmm. and gospel. You know, mm-hmm. I hear gospel and I think, uh, yeah, it's a lot of those. It's all those things. I don't even think of it as gospel because right. really the, the 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 essence of gospel music is talking about really about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what. Absolutely. That's the root of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the style that that come out of that, of course, a lot of hymn traditions, all those other things, kind of just make a big influence. And I and I say hymns because that's a big part of what we do in black music, that structure, Mm -hmm. meaning we know we have a verse, we know we have a chorus, we know we have a bridge of some sort. All that is based off that hymn structure, which starts out of two, Mm -hmm. two big portions, a chorus and a verse, okay? But then we as black people take this idea that this bridge in Mm -hmm. music, and yes, we can take it back to classical elements, but that's really sophisticated Mm -hmm. for what we do. Um, We don't need all of that. It's sort of like somebody saying, bring me a screwdriver, and they're bringing you like a a Mack truck full of just all kinds of things you want. And all you need is a screwdriver. screwdriver. You'll get it done. Mm -hmm. But looking at that, understanding, that's back to your point earlier about Mm -hmm. when do you make these certain choices? Like, I mean, an interlude, in a, like a big hymn has a certain sensation, purpose, and meaning, and it takes us higher, it takes mm-hmm. us to that next place. And I look at Whitney as having all of these experiences of seeing music of the soul tradition, which now encapsulates all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. in a modern form, and it is able to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about everything, and everybody can talk about it. And you can see it in your communities. You can see how people use this music as celebrations. You can see how people use this in church. You can see how it's influenced contemporary church now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it in every aspect of entertainment. You can see it in every aspect, even shopping. You mm-hmm. shopping. And you can hear these things. And Whitney, to me, has that golden, back to that voice we were talking mm-hmm. about, that golden instrument, that mm-hmm. very special, that's something that we should protect. We don't just leave it out to the elements. Right. We protect it, back to the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. It, in a mm-hmm. way, she has this very, very special thing, and it's she's not thrown away any of her experiences. Yeah, She has become a melting pot. Right. Right. And of so all of these styles, all of, these all of this, these... everything. And I think she, I think her mother 
is a major, major contributor for her. Mm-hmm. Her mother's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mother's a little bit more than yeah. she was. Yeah. But there's some of that in her, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. I, I don't know if it's the most natural her. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I, she seems like somebody I would just love to hang out with. Yes. And protect. Mm-hmm. Because she is what I really want to get to. She's a child. Mm. And children collect everything. They hear everything. They can walk in a house with a lizard. They can walk in with a conversation that they heard, and they're trying to figure out what that is. Sure. So, so yeah, and we, you know, I, I don't mean to turn this into a sermon, mm-hmm. but no, but be- this is exactly why all all that you just said is exactly why I think I push back a little bit when her treatment of a song mm-hmm. is described as pop gospel. Yeah, because I don't think pop has anything to do with Whitney Houston. Um, pop in the way we think of it, you know, like, yes, like yes, um, you know, yeah, whatever like, is out there on the radio, right? right? <laughs> Percolator. <laughs> right. Okay, good. I'm going to go back and listen to Percolator. But, um, but I think there is so much of black music, everything you just mm-hmm. talked about, the soul, the, the roots of the blues, blues the spirituals the, yeah. that have um, sort of gone into the creation of American popular music, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so now we just think of it as pop, but it's really in Whitney's hands anyway. Like, yeah. And there are other people I, I could name, Al Green, Al, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Teddy Pendergrass, mm-hmm. you know, all, Luther Vandross, Absolutely. that this is all gospel, it's spirituals, it's, mm-hmm. it's soul, it's blues, it's all of that mm-hmm. in that. It's in a that lifestyle music. too. Right, right. You think it's of cultural. The, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very cultural. It's sort of like something just cannot be taken out of these people's lives because mm-hmm. if not, they would not exist. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't be the people they mm-hmm. are. I mean, it's like farmers. You take them out of a farm. Like some pe- that's just who they are. Right. That's what they gravitate towards. Um, and with her, it's, it's this music. And mm-hmm. all those things you're mentioning, having these experiences, having the experience. That's why in my classes now, we always talk about experience first from a music education standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way it can impact you without convoluting things. Right. Got right. it? I mean, too many explanations for why. You need to experience it first, and then let's talk about right. it. Right, right, you know? right. I mean. um, so the all of this that we've just talked about, she infuses into her treatment of the song. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to the structure of it. I, I love that you say that, you know, in black music, mm-hmm. Going back to the hymn, mm-hmm. right, and the structure of the yep. hymn, we know there's a verse, yep. there's a chorus, there's a bridge, yep. there's a, there's a you know, vamp, right, maybe, exactly, you know, mm, exactly, and we see all of that in this in this but song. It's, it's freedom too, because mm-hmm. once you get to that bridge, you're heading towards freedom. Oh and yeah, that's what a vamp is. It's freedom. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's all of that. And when we get freedom, when black people, I don't care if it's in music, if it's in Art, art mm-hmm. whatever it is, when we have freedom, we're at our best. Yeah, yeah. Well, take us back to our native land. We mm-hmm. were free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's another way of gaining a, that liberation, it's right? Another way of gaining yeah. liberation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly I love that. I love that. That's exactly. Um, so when Dolly sings it, it's you know Dolly on a guitar, sure. and it's lovely, um, and it's e- you know even tempo, yep. you know all the way through. Yep. She's leaving Porter, her friend. Bye. It's See been ya. great. <laughs> See ya. And I love Dolly, so I don't mean to. I, love I don't Dolly mean too. to um, do. to and to I simplify it, yeah. right? It's it's a style. That's her aesthetic. Um. So, but with Whitney, you say that she starts. We start with just acapella, just her voice. Right. Just acapella. Mm-hmm. And then we go into and then instrumentation comes in, and then you have 
um, instead of, you know, just think about Dolly's construction. There's a sp- spoken part that yes. is now sung in That's Britney's. right. That's okay. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there's a mod- then then, you know, she has a special ending in mm-hmm. hers, Dolly, back to Dolly. Mm-hmm. And then in Whitney, we decided, we're going we're gonna to just do this direct modulation into this new key. And then we're going to end just on a high. Mm-hmm. Like something unexpected, mm-hmm. which is what you have to do. I, mm-hmm. I, back to a class I teach called arranging. If you're going to arrange somebody's original piece, if you're going to take an original source and right. arrange it, I need to know it's yours, you know? What's, and it's Whitney's. It's, it's Whitney's. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about it that says, I don't know who that is. I'm not quite sure. That is not a song that we come on the radio and people go, who is that again? Mm-hmm. You know, unless mm-hmm. something's really going on mm-hmm. up there, you know, right. Right. <laughs> or not <laughs> going on, you know, true. which is mm-hmm. might just be. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're with all of your faculties, you know that that is Whitney. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know when that special moment happens. And that's what makes that special imprint right. on on, on, on a world, right? Because you, you, it's t- signature. you talk, yes, it's a signature. It's signature. Mm-hmm. It right. is. It is just the little bit. The identity of who you are is you left a, a good portion of that mm-hmm. in the song, on and that's what song. she did. Um, have you watched her sing this song on stage? Like yes, on on TV and so on. There's something that she does with her hands, mm-hmm. you know, yep. when she's yep. when something is happening and yep, yep. her fingers kind yep. of tingle yes. and so on. It's great to watch it. It is. It's great to watch how and, she and, and the lip tremble. I mean, yes. you know, you just watch it. Yes, I move, know. You know, I the know. jaw just and go. she's usually sweating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're drawn to the uh, yeah. the essence of the message of the song. Absolutely. All right. So, Brandon, yes. I always mm-hmm. ask my guests to imagine a. A spectrum mm-hmm. from one to a hundred, mm-hmm. and to um, determine on that spectrum how much you'll give to Whitney and how much you'll give to, to Dolly. Okay. Okay. So some of some folks have said when they've come in and talked about their songs, they'll say oh, 80, 20, or they'll say 50, 50, uh, or or they'll say something else. So I want you to give that a little thought. Okay. And because I have my respect, I, I sort of kind of like do a list in my mind of, okay, uh, this piece wouldn't be here if it were, weren't for Dolly, so she gets points for that. And then she has a recording of it, she gets points for that. And then uh, she gets 20 points. 20 points. Mm-hmm. Amen. the other 80 go to uh, Whitney. Whitney. Uh, because it's sort of like Whitney having performed this piece and she walk away with only 20%. Would I do that? No, you would not. No, I would not do that. Mm-mm. I would say a fair number would be 20% of the original. Mm-hmm. And then, now in the publishing world, we have to give up <laughs> 50%, right, you know, that's right, that's to right. that, you know, that's just how it works. But um, I would say 80-20. 80-20. Um, I think that's fair. Um, I think I will um, counter a little bit. Okay, okay. I will counter and probably give Dolly a little bit more than sure. than 20. I might, I might go with... 25. Can I get 30? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give, I'll give 30 Dolly 30. 30 would be for, yes. yes. Uh, yes I think 30 is, for me, I think because I grew up, I'm again older yes. than you, so I grew up on Dolly Parton. Yes. Um, love her as a songwriter as well. And human. Um, she's lived a. Yes. She's lived a. She's lived a full. Yes. A nice full life. Complex and, life. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and you know the other thing I love about Dolly, which is why I might give her thirty five instead okay. of thirty, is that she loved this version like yes. with me. Yes. She had no observable yeah. Um, yeah. angst yeah. about the fact that 
Whitney took this song. Now, Patty did because Patty says she came to her first. So, so, and she just sat on it and it didn't do anything with it. And then all of a sudden, when Whitney, she said she regretted it at that point. Really? Because I she, know that. she, you know, mm-hmm. it could have been one of her hits, but then mm-hmm. it would have taken away from the canon of, yeah. of Whitney. So I don't know what Patty would have done with that. With I will always just, love you. We're just gonna eat one of her pies and just say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I literally just bought a Patty Labelle pie too. <laughs> We're from just going very good. I know exactly where <laughs> they are. Brandon, oh, so that's, okay, I love that. I love that. Okay, so so I'm going to go with 35 65. 65. Yes. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll 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 give I'll go with okay, you. Okay, great. 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 So thank you Brandon for coming well, in. Thanks for having I want me. you to keep thinking of music that you would want to come on the show and talk about, but I'm so grateful that you shared this one with us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan with me, Stephanie Shanikan. Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan is produced by Janet Saidi, Christopher Husted, Fernando Naro, Raymond Tangakar, and Ryan Famuliner, and me, Stephanie Shanikan. That's it for this series of Cover Story, but you can stay in touch with us. Find us on Twitter at KBIA and at VoxMag, and in the current issue of Vox Magazine. This podcast is a collaboration between KBIA News and Vox Magazine with the support of the College of Arts and Science and the Missouri School of Journalism. You can find more about this podcast on Twitter at KBIA and at Vox Mag. We're also in the current issue of Vox Magazine. You can also join us to celebrate this podcast and meet me and some of our guests on Wednesday, March 23rd, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Heidelberg. Hope you can come. Drop in. Come see us.